millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Go on, lad. It's your turn. All right. Here we go. Yeah? Ready? (sighs) Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of our weekly podcast, Flats and Shanks. I'm David Flatsman. I'm Tommy Shanky. All right, Tom. Welcome to season three, episode 18, I believe, off the top of my head. Yep. Apparently, we're supposed to give um, all our episodes names. We shall call this one Evangeline. Oh, yeah. I mean, wow, we could call it Moto or Motto. Because at Venue. Or Costa. Because at Venue. Should we call this one Cortado? Yeah. Okay, because we're both drinking cappuccinos. Yeah. No, Cortados. Cortados, because we're pretty continental, aren't we? I mean, it's the beauty about a Cortado is that, you know, you get the hit of a double espresso, yet you get the creaminess of a flat white and latte without having the bulk of drink, you know. So you're not having to drink a litre of coffee yep. to get the hit. Yeah. I can't do the big mugs. Even if someone makes me a, a medium-sized mug of tea, I will leave a third of it. Were you one of these guys that as soon as Starbucks opened, you secretly put a mug in your pocket and took it home? Ooh, he's got a Starbucks mug. No, but what I do Ooh, have flash. Now, I have a collection of reusable cups that I've bought because I've been forced to at Waitrose petrol stations because I don't let you you can't you can't get a coffee from a coffee machine at Waitrose petrol station shop anymore unless you buy a reusable cup. Really? You, really. You, there are no more there are peopleless or whatever it's called. So they're environmentally friendly which is great but it means I've got 44 of them now. Will you no, I mean, I've got two but I, I reuse them because I'm I'm that sort of that sort of guy. Do you have like a favorite mug at home that you use? Is it like a do you have like a Mr. Strong mug? I've heard, <laughs> I've heard you're the biggest mug at your. No, my favourite mug. Actually, I like little mugs. What? What do you drink? Coffee or tea at home? I sometimes drink tea. I I don't mind tea at all. Okay, but I will mostly drink coffee. Okay, so I drink Earl Grey at home. 
Okay. Um, if I'm drinking tea, but I mainly, Tom, I mainly just have a espresso from the machine. We must thank Gareth Watley. Oh yeah. The, by the way, that was not that was not a link in to Waters. Not at all. To G what? I just remembered because G dog G string. Thank you. G Rinder <laughs> for sorting us out a little Nespresso coffee machine. Mine broke. Mm. It, that was genuine though. I wasn't trying to just whatever blag one. Whatever. It randomly just dispensed a little bit of coffee and then the motor stunk. I'm guessing it's the motor. What else could it be? What else could it be? So you, so Shanko emailed him and said, uh, "Give us a coffee machine, yeah, yes." But then he was, yeah, it was it was awkward, wasn't it? Because you basically emailed him and said, "Hi, sorry, I haven't emailed for six months, but can I have a machine, please?" And I'm not going to Instagram a picture. That's of a it. lie. It's four months. Um, oh yeah, then, yeah. But but G Man also sent me one just to be nice because I I replied and said I my machine exploded this morning and. Um, killed everyone in my street, but um, so I haven't got one, and my story's worse than Shanks's. But the truth is, my machine still works, so it's fine. Thanks. You're just going to give it away to someone, aren't you? Yeah, that's what you are. No, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to take from the rich, give to the poor. I'm going to give it Monday Robin Hood. I'm going to give it. Um, I'm going to put it in place of the one I've got, which is knackered. I've been using it for years, and I'm going to put the one I've got next to my uh, toilet. Just cut out the middleman, isn't it? God bless you. God bless Robin Hood. Yeah. So. Cheers, G Rinder. Yeah, unexpected gift that. That was not. Oh, by the way, I was not trying to segue into that. I mean, you, you just you, you stole my buzz basically because my coffee do? machine broke, and thank you, G, for sorting that. But you know, you wouldn't let me just be the only one to get a coffee machine. So, what me or him? You. I didn't need one. I, I mean, I wanted. I'm glad I've got it. It's new and shiny, and I love it. And I, I haven't. To be fair, I haven't used it since this morning. Uh What do you like? What am I blimmin' like? Such a routine, aren't you? Get up, coffee, toilet, breakfast, toilet. toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you joke, mate. No, I don't. What have you been up to then? Not a great deal, boy. Cool, moving on. Played a little bit of golf on Friday, dominated, as you can imagine. I'm back. When you say dominated, what does that mean? Uh, myself and Jamie Robinson beat Chris Sadler and... Peter Lecky, five and four, the blues and too match long. play, yes. Yeah. Uh, went to, I uh, did a Pro 14 show on Wednesday in Dublin. Biggest city in the world, yeah. Uh, with Peter Stringer, who's on the Strictly Come Dancing right. equivalent in Ireland. That's right. And I saw a little bit of that on Instagram because I follow him. He's actually, look, he look, looks quite good. Looks like he knows what he's doing. Looks like he knows his way around a dance floor. Does he? Yeah. Good on him. Well, he's a physical freak, isn't he? He's in the most unbelievable yeah, condition. Yeah, he I was. I can't imagine and a physical. I can't imagine a, him being asked to do something that required, like core strength and coordination, and not being able to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. He. You know what? You know when someone wears a suit really well, and you just know there is zero fat underneath. It's a that. gorgeous body underneath there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Me and Mini Me, we did the Pro 14 show. Oh yeah. And Colm Stafford works for Era Sports and a little bit of Premier Sports. Okay. I don't actually know what he does. He just texts me all the time. Uh, took me out for a couple of Guinnesses. Rude not to have a Guinness in Ireland, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, but we're lads on tour. 
So, so, you, a... so he just is he part of the oh, setup, he's... or does he just text you? No, he's, he's, a rugby fan. he's head of production, I think, for Premier Sport. I don't actually know. I don't really read his email footers, but um, just constantly texting and WhatsApping me. Yeah, what you're, what are you up to? Painful, but job's a job, isn't it? So you've got to yeah. be nice to him. I, exactly. You know, play the game. That's how I say it. And he won't leave. Yeah, and he won't listen. He won't listen to this because he's in Ireland and they they like us a lot, do they? No, really, don't like outsiders. They don't want to support us, do they? That's just, that's for sure. From the old pod, they want the Irish pods to do well. The left wing, not <laughs> ours. Whereas we we listen to, we listen to yeah. left wing. It's a nice, good pod. House like of Sport, Joe. Um, won't listen to Flats and Shanks out there. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Um, there was a there's a like somebody tweeted something about the podcast charts or something like that. Yeah, people love it, don't they? Yeah, do you know? And I, ha- I always think, how can you love the podcast charts? I'm speaking for for us now. When you sat in a car park, watching a guy in a high vis jacket walk through the hedge with a hat that doesn't fit, back to his truck, back to his truck. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one of those blokes Jeremy Clarkson talked about. We are not. You know, when people say um, <coughs> turn up at an exam and they say, I haven't done any homework, I haven't done any prep, I haven't done any cramming at all, any revision, and it's like. You know they have because they make they're at they're at pains to tell you they haven't. Thou doth protest too much. I can say that we genuinely don't care about the charts. I would not know where we are on any chart, but I, I'm sure there. When you're new, you go. You're always near the top, aren't you, or something? I don't know. I couldn't uh, monkey. You know, you put on uh, Twitter the other day about any new podcast or any podcast out there worth listening to. Oh yeah. So I listened to the one on Hernandez. Which was called Gladiator. Gladiator, but I wasn't trolling you at all, mate. But I went through some of your replies, and I just thought saves me tweeting it because you know you you get less comments than me, and it would just back up my phone like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got, you got stuff on, you? So start listening to one called um, End of Days. I finished it. Oh, shut up! Have you really finished it? Really? It's the miles I do, boy. All right, well... Finished it in two days. I've downloaded another one called Monster, the Zodiac Killer. Finished it. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. It's about the Atlantic Killer, isn't it? No, it's not about the Atlantic Killer. It's about the Zodiac Killer. Don't scroll down on your phone so I can see it. The Zodiac Killer. Oh, right, okay. Now, you're thinking of... Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. They're making... um, is it is it True Detective that's going to be on the Atlanta yes. Monster that starts tonight? Oh no tonight, no 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 not True Detective. Night. It was a podcast serial. Yeah what, no what, what no it's not it a on? podcast. It's a TV show that's on it because they've been a podcast on it. So we were just talking about it. I'll find it in a minute, mate. Um, can't think now. Can't find it. I didn't quite get on with my dad wrote a porno. I mean that is that that's the pod and they are brilliant and love that and all stuff but I didn't quite feel like I couldn't not listen to the next one okay whereas I listen I listen to and not whereas but I listen to end of days and loads of people replied try end of days it's BBC five live podcast about um the Waco incident which you'll either remember or once you listen to the pod you remember but it's horrible I don't remember at all religious cult and loads of people lost their lives and it was just a really really bizarre incident it's like 80 people lost their lives and I think 24 were British well done so this guy called oh, thank you. the guy renamed himself David Koresh and he was, you know, the new you know, physical form of Christ. Just just beyond crazy, but how it was handled probably wasn't brilliant. I, anyway, um and I must say it was a it was a good pod and I'm glad I've listened to it because it taught me more about Waco. Yeah, no, it's, 
it is it is that one monster. It is a Zodiac killer, which the um, Manhunter is being the next new series of Manhunter. That's it. Yeah, you are right. Yeah. Okay. But that is the Zodiac killer. Isn't the Atlanta monster? I'm not sure. No, it's not. Zodiac no. killer is different. Anyway, so the end of days was. Uh, I I liked it. I didn't love it, and now I've started one. Um, I'll tell you what I've started yesterday, and of course, because I do a lot of blimmin' Miles Boy, I'm already on. the I've third. got Blood on the Tracks as well to listen to. Case File is bread and butter. Yeah, I don't adore that. I like some of the ones, the specific ones you tell me to download. I'll download um, Death in Ice Valley, about a woman who was found dead and burned in Norway in 1970. So it's like a cold case. But I li- so I'm on the third episode, and it's. It's good so far. It's not amazing. The only thing I would say about murders that went on in sort of the 60s, 70s and 80s is that I quite like the new technology sort of in this day and age which helps find killers. The DNA jobbies. The DNA tracking, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the CCTV, all those, all that clever stuff. Whilst I suppose back then it was a more of a truer form of detectiveship. Yeah. Um, is that a word? Yep, that'll do. Um off menu with Ed Gamble and James Acaster. I can't wait to start that because I think they're both hilarious. James Acaster's, I think, about the funniest guy there is at the moment. I'm telling you, I love him. Um, Clinton Baptiste Paranormal Podcast. I can't wait to start that either. Well, I love. If you can't Baptiste. wait, why don't you just start? So, no, it? I won't start till I finish another one. I do them in order, the order in which they're downloaded. It's how I operate. Um, first time dads apparently is really good. Um, it's Third. like a fathering thingy. Third time, mate. So don't need that. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell, Revisionist History. Finished all of those. They're good. I tell you, I listen to, we I listen to other r- sports podcasts, rugby podcasts, every now and again. I don't listen to those just because we already know after stuff that's happened. And I don't know. I'm just not mad keen on listening to five rugby podcasts a week because it's our job, isn't it? And it's a bit different from being a pure fan. But I do I tell you what, I do listen to every week is the Ruck. I agree with you. It's because it's no banter. It's no, it's no just, banter, it's but it's also opinion. And yeah, like it's that. very, very informative about mm. all aspects of rugby, not just analysing games. You know, you you wouldn't really want to listen to a pod to analyse games because you do that yourself and you prep yourself. But it's, I suppose, it's the other things about rugby which you, you possibly don't understand. You know, I don't know sponsorship, um, revenue, where the leagues go in. You know, all these different opinions that you have. Yeah, get someone like rugby. Mark Evans or someone on there. I find it interesting, but I, I just. You know, I know that um, JB, who'll be listening to this from Egg Chasers, um, doesn't always love that everything that you know Stephen Jones is about from the you know the Sunday Times. But I, you make it out like he likes some of the stuff. Though. No, he hates all of it. Okay, fine. But I quite—that's the reason I like the reason I like reading and listening to Stephen Jones is because he thinks what he thinks, doesn't muck about, and if you don't agree or tell you it's a load of bollocks and I quite like that <laughs> don't <laughs> swear David uh, sorry excuse me but I I'm also I like my favourite ones my favourite Ruck podcast are when Stuart Barnes is on it they're very bright clever blokes he's the he's the, he's the guy anyway we're digressing me. a little bit how have you been um, fine apparently Second Captains is good as well we're um, off podcast now okay how um, have you been yeah fine um, you had a busy weekend busy weekend yeah not, not a very not a very busy week leading in so I must say it's quite nice actually because when you're, when you're, um, as you know, boy, when you're self-employed, it, it, it's, it's two things to have a few days off because it's nice break, like it is for anybody else. It also doesn't produce any income, so it's like you're not doing any work. So I've had a couple of chilled weeks, which I must say I've really enjoyed. But 
So you're self-employed. Ready to get a bit busier now. So well, have... I freelance, basically, aren't I? Yeah, so you're employed by your company, Pear Tree Productions. Pear Tree Productions, <laughs> yeah, worldwide. Um, so, yeah, the week the weekend was busy. The week wasn't very busy, so did some... I'll tell you what I did last night, which I t- we'll talk about where Lego? I was. Lego? No, I went, for, uh, I went night swimming. Don't tell the children, but it was only six o'clock, but it was really dark, so they thought it was night swimming. I did I did one really cool thing last night and then one terrible one really good bit of fathering and then one really terrible bit of fathering. The I'm first sure I want to hear this. No, the first good bit was we went night swimming. So you know the um Apex Hotel in London where you and I stay quite a lot. I've never stayed there. Yes, you have. When? With me, haven't you? No. Oh, Pauly has. I've shared a room with many men. Oh, your other mate. Yeah. Um anyway, it's where I, I just have I just this is not a plug, by the way. It's just a hotel that I stay in and use, but it's pretty handy because I stay there so much that I get to leave jackets and shirts there and stuff, and it's quite handy. You are um, like Alan Partridge. But they got, no, but they've got one in Bath now, and it's lush, but obviously there's not much point in me staying in it because I live in Bath. But um, I spoke to uh, Phil Bailey, who, by the way, is um, called Ladley Wiggins on Instagram, <laughs> and that might make you think, you know, Phil, you'll, Phil will be listening to this. That might make people think Phil... Um, fancies himself as some sort of um, se- semi-pro cyclist with, right. with a bit of bants. Actually, I don't even know if he can even ride a bike. Um, anyway, I said, look, we're not staying at the hotel or anything, but any chance I could come down for a night swim with the kids. Got there and there was a little bag of inflatables there for us and little, it was blowing there, their little robes on. Just for you, was it? Yeah, they blooming loved it. Oh, what a mate, you took your kids swimming. And then... Yes, it, yeah, but night swimming, isn't it? <laughs> so, but then afterwards... They've rebadged it, you fool. Afterwards, I was instructed by um, their mummy, who has always been a food Nazi, that they were allowed to go to Subway. And I was like, I'm sorry. I mean, it's one of those things. Remember Anthony Agogo, the, the, the Olympic boxer who got sponsored by Subway, and it was like, mate, you've never had a Subway in your life. Tommy Bow was sponsored by Subway, and so was Louis, the gymnast. What's his surname? Our kid, yeah. yeah. But what I'd say about Subway is, there used to be, there probably still is a Subway at Bristol Airport. So whenever we got back from away trips, all the lads would rip into Subways. And it got to the point where they're just walking, there's this, this Subway in Bath, it's, it's at the end of, it's in, inside this like news agents. It's really bizarre. Even walking past that news agents for the last couple of years has made me feel, I could, if I stood up there for long enough, I could retch. Just the smell gets me. Then, a couple of weeks ago. Human up, mate. <laughs> then a couple of weeks ago, I was forced to have a steak wrap. By the way, we are not sponsored by Subway and never will be. A steak wrap from Subway. And while I do not doubt it was processed cheese and unhealthy, it was delicious. And I, So that's why I'm not going back. But I took the kids there and they both actually got quite healthy wraps, sort of chicken and sweet corn stuff. Wraps. You can order like wheat bread and it depends what you have on it. Yeah. There's Subways all over. The, there's Subways in petrol stations a lot. But probably the most important Subway for me is in Mercia Airport in Spain. Really? Yeah, play golf in uh, in Mercia and La Manga. So you come back every s- year, ruined. Get to the airport, you are just gone, completely gone, and it's there. You haven't yeah. got time for breakfast because you're up early. Yeah, and it's you a saviour that one. That and an ice cream. Sometimes you need a you're that just ruined. Soothe your throat. You need a foot long inside you, and you're done, aren't you? <laughs> what? On Italian, Italian. So anyway, Italian foot long inside you. And then well done with the kids. Anyway, yeah, so rugger, just rugger, you know. Um, I had a, a blimmin'. Without talking about the games too much, yeah, where I were you? 
I met. I tell you what, I was quite. I'm quite glamorous now. Did you know that? I can tell. I'm wearing a pink sweatshirt now. So yeah, you're versatile, is what I'd say. Because I look at you sometimes and I think my dad. And I look yeah. at you other times and I think Pharrell. So yeah, exactly. So either way, big Jim Welsh legend, Pharrell global <laughs> legend. So I'm winning. Okay. Um, see, I met um, my friend Adam. Whom you know, you yeah. know Adam, yeah, yeah. mate. Since we were little kids, met him at Blimmin Soho House for a bit of Blimmin dinner on Friday. It's what we like now: it's cocktails, and it wasn't actually had a flat white. Um, has sent it back because it was tepid. Oh, annoying! I know, but then yeah. So I was early start at Stratford, so I was at BT Sport, and it's a funny old day because we were the studio pundits. So base. Um, Why is it funny to start with? It's funny because we naked from the waist down as we we're doing it. That is funny. See, told you. But Big Mike McCarthy was there. Oh, um, that's why he's big. That yeah, he's a unit. Sense now. Yeah, unit now. Yeah. Uh, he's a unit. And so Mike McCarthy was there in base, and I did. So we're sort of we're your pre-match, half-time, full-time pundits in the studio for Toulon for Leinster Toulon. Then Ulster played Racing, and we had a break. So we literally go back into the green room, sit on the sofas, drink coffees. Get, and you can order in pretty much any food you can think of because it's right next to Westfield. So it's like, I think we'll have, you know, without because we're blooming rugged, again, not sponsored, we'll have a Nando's. Yeah. And it's like three big units. Let's, you know, no, no one no one south of 125 kilos on that panel. Let's kick the arse out of it. And it just gets brought to you in your seat. Loads of macchiatos and it's brilliant. And then you're back on for a third game then. So you're back in the studio for a third game. And it's a nice day. You get there at 10 in the morning and you leave at 8 at night. But it is not, you know, it's not strenuous. It's actually really good fun. Keep abreast of all the games and... Man, versus, of, man versus food. Well, basically, basically, it's it's um, Bafes and I swapping... Um, Fluid. Hilarious slash ridiculous slash awful videos, childish videos on WhatsApp for most of it. And Bafes still sends me some of the funniest stuff I receive because it, he sends me the most childish... It won't be like horrendous stuff like you send me because you're Welsh. The, the Welsh boys send the worst stuff by miles, but Bafe sends me the most childish, and I like that. Okay. Because people who've drawn willies on other people's photos and you know, <laughs> just works for me. just works for me, that. You can't be a flip chart. You turn it over, and there's another willy. <laughs> turn it over, there's another willy. <laughs> yeah. we still, we still have a or on someone's yeah. notes, when they're just about to start doing a, a TV show or a podcast or radio... And you've just drawn a little, just a little winky on there. Yeah, it's perfect. We used to have a team manager called Dave Guyan at Bath. And every time he turned the flip chart over, he'd open it and it was just a picture of a William Balls with a face on it. It just said, my name is Dave. It just <laughs> every time. And in the, I remember once we were getting an absolute bollocking. We were in Seville on a mid-season training week where the coaches didn't come. Just the S&C guys. Can you imagine what it was like? Oh. Well, Justin Harrison and Pete Short got sent home from the gym. Because they came straight from the pub at eight in the morning. There's no respect there, is there, for SNC coaches? Seven o four a.m. There's a receipt. Seven o four a.m. This is true. Eight double vodka red bulls at seven o four a.m. Eight o'clock weights. <laughs> right, really bad. I look back and it's not good. Anyway, they arrived, and shortly started trying to do power cleans. Really, really drunk, and they were like, got sent home. weren't allowed to train with us, and we all got like they got us tickets to Seville playing football against whoever it was, and we got there and realised we'd. No one had changed their watches. We got the time wrong. Got <laughs> the time difference wrong. Missed the match. It was just like it was. Yeah, it was carnage. Lamb and flag. 
yeah, carnage. Um, but Dave was our team manager on that trip, poor bloke. And there was one day where, because he was from the military, ex-military as well, and he's like, right, sit down. You lot are getting a proper, we're about to get an absolute spray. You're going to get a proper serve now, an absolute rollicking. And he's like, right, just sit down, shut up. And he turns the pad over and there's just this nobody <laughs> said, my name is Dave. And I was like, ah! <laughs> ah, it was perfect. Oh. So we, we went on this mid-season trip and it was everyone had body fat targets and training targets. As we arrived there, and I, th- I forget if it was the kit man, Ed Williams, if Ed, you listen to this, text me and correct me. I, we haven't spoken for a while, but text me and correct me if I'm wrong. But I think he had a load of um, T-shirts made up. <laughs> it was like, it was like, it was a, it was basically a stag do in the middle of the season. And weirdly, we did not win a trophy that year. Do you remember we bought a T-shirt from the church first time we'd been there? Yeah. I've still, still got, got it. Yeah, still got it. We still we uh, we bought it and we thought we'd wear it for fitness, didn't we? I wore so, I wore it in order shot on the Marine Camp thing. The church, the original one when it was in um, uh, King's Cross. Yeah, we had backpackers and next door. Remember that guy swallowed a light bulb? Yeah, he was swallowing cue balls and he was swallowing, swallowing lighter fluid and then he was opening his mouth and you know he, you might have seen him on talent shows before. He Quite swallows coins, incredible, and then he can bring up the different coins. He can swallow 10 coins and bring up from 10 years and bring up whichever coin yeah. you want. He also swallows fairy liquid. Yes. Then he swallows lighter, lighter fluid. fluid, blows a bubble with the fairy liquid, fills it with lighter fluid and lights it and it blows up. Amazing. But it all come, And he swallows a light bulb. Then he, Remember he swallowed a load of um, sugar. Is it sugar or flour? I think it's sugar. He swallows, pours a load of sugar into his mouth. Then he gets a pint glass, swallows a pint glass, pulls the pint glass out and regurgitates the sugar into the pint glass. It's, you never say anything like it. Swallow some flour, milk, and egg. I've got that. I mean, how old do you reckon you'd be when you notice you've got a talent like that? What do you have to do? How do you find out? I don't want to know how you find out. Uh, just uh, before I forget, on Friday, I did a little bit of filming in the Principality Stadium. Oh, here we go. You know what I'm like. It's my big break. Home, you mean? Filming at home. This was for The Tourist Trap. So this is a mockumentary. Sally Phillips, who will always be Sophie in I'm Alan Partridge. Yep. She's a young girl in I'm Alan Partridge who's always laughing and giggling. Um, she's part of the Welsh Tourist Board, and they're trying to sell Wales, basically. Yeah. And it was at the Principality Stadium, and I did a little bit of film in there with Mike Bubbins. She's unbelievably funny. Was she? Yeah. Just off the cuff. Amazing. So yeah. that will be coming out soon, probably February. Big acting debut. Crikey. Just hope I've Is delivered. Is it like your DOA SOS hope. when you turned up and there were actually no cameras there? <laughs> Just hope I've delivered, that's all. You never know, do you, but it's all in the editing. Yeah, so if, you, if it's rubbish, you can blame the editor. Tweet me, let me know. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Right, lad. It's a rugby podcast, yeah? Don't forget that. No. Let, let's hit the rugby hard this week because... Not that hard. No, hard enough. All right. Moderate. All right. We won't headbutt it like Luther did to that fella. Let's treat rugby this week like it's a 100k bench press, all right? Not too strong and heavy, but enough. That Is we get enough? That we get, you get respected in the gym. People are looking over and they see a double plate on that bar. They don't know the weight. They just see two plates, I think. I, I always think... I will not mess with them. I always think unless you're three-wheeling on each side, you're not getting any respect. But in a health club, you're all right. There's a bloke at... Uh, We're digressing. Let's carry on with the rugby. Gloucester v Munster. Yeah, but there's this bloke at Fitness First who does that stupid thing where you, on the bench press where you, like the pros do, and he pulls his feet right back underneath and arches his back and like sticks his groin area up in the air. And it's like, I'd understand it if he was lifting a mega weight. I wouldn't because I still think he looked like a ridiculous... Idiot. And he's like fully groomed and he's got an amazing tan. He's got an amazing rig, but he just looks ridiculous. He's like an Instagram guy or something. And I watch him and he's doing like a set of eight reps or ten reps. It's like, mate, that's not even, if you're doing that many reps, it's not a heavy weight. I'm not saying I'm, you know, he's not even that strong. It turns out he's not that strong, but so what? It works for him. But it's like, why are you doing that with your body? You look ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like going out for a jog and starting off. And before you go for a jog, you use the same starting blocks as Usain Bolt. Can we talk about the rugby, mate? Muppet. We're done. Yeah, right. All right. Thanks for that. Um, Gloucester 15, Munster 41. Did you watch it? Did I watch it? Joey Carvery. I like that. I've done it twice this weekend on t- on two different two different games, and no one has sent a tweet saying great joke. Just Joey Carvery because he carved. If only his first name was Toby. <laughs> mm? He's carved right up in the carbs. Yeah, he's he's high energy carving. He's he was amazing, and I love the fact that he's CJ Stander was also amazing. Do you see him carry over the top of Atkins? That was huge. Yep. Then there was a lovely dummy run by one of the Munster forwards, just opens up a massive hole for carbs, goes through. Yeah. Although, what I would say to you is this <coughs> heard Joey Carberry interviewed after the game. Oh, yeah. Did oh. no expect him to have a Kiwi accent slash Irish accent. Oh, you didn't know? Didn't know. Yeah, he came over from New Zealand, boy. As I said, as I said to Mike that McCarthy. Was Kiwi. That explains why he's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Scannell looked really good, tucks under his arms. Actually, Charlie Sharples hits him really well. Yeah, he did, yeah. But you've got to chase with your legs, mate. When you hit that hard, you've got to chase with your legs. You've got to use your legs to get some momentum. Are you talking to him? Don't know. But Charlie was a decent shot, but just didn't really use his legs to power, and Scannell goes through. 
Scannell's a powerful unit, mind. He is. Um, and then Gloucester get themselves in exactly the same situation, 3v2, yeah. um, just after half-time. Over the top by Sips, Thorley to score. What are you worried about? What's on? Did you like the Carberry little grubber for Conway? Do you know what I like most about it, Tommy? It was just off the cuff. Yeah, and it was so late doors. I just think there are so few players who can do that. I think George Ford is one yeah. who can make that... Cipriani. Cipriani, that, lo- that split-second decision. Scan, 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 decision. Bang. And it won't always work, but remember Cipriani's cross-field kick against the Springboks last summer? Yeah. That was like that. That was You could tell it wasn't planned because no, Farrell didn't like it because he didn't know it was coming and yeah. worked out all right. I'm sure he was happy with it in the end, but it's one of those things that that is not pre-called. It's just... But also you've got uh, Conway, Conway outside him, and you know that Conway backs Carberry to get the ball where he needs it because he sets off so quick. And yeah. I thought that was a it was just It was off the cuff, wasn't it? They flash back. I don't think Hudson needed actually come into the Gloucester line because Hudson at fullback, by him joining the line because Carbs flashes back, creates a space behind. Are you a friend of Carbs, are you? No, not at all. How come you're nicknaming it? Um, that's what the boys call him. So, um, Sarah Elgin the other day started calling me David in rehearsals on doing re- TV rehearsals, and I was like, "Why are you calling me David?" And she said, oh, "It just feels a bit." Do you ever chummy. introduce yourself as David? Or no. Is it? no? Right. Um, but then Carby gets an intercept as well, just to top it off. Unbelievable! There's a great scene then at the end. Peter Romani pulls up Carby into the stand, sits by him, and he just—you can see him mouthing the word "class." You were class. Oh, can you? Yeah, that's nice. It's great. It is nice. Um, so Munster looking really good. Leinster to lose. You watched that game? Yeah. Big game, tight group. Yeah, but you see how many players, how many top players Leinster are missing and they still won so comfortably. I mean, it's quite impressive that. And yeah. It's easy to say to lose didn't quite look at it, but we, we were saying pre-match, if there's a game they're going to find hardest of all, it's this one because they like to play, again, off the cuff and you call it French flair if you want. I think that's a myth personally, but they like to just offload. Joe Takori's Got the most offloads in France at the moment, so he's flying around, barely barely dying with the ball ever, although he's carrying the ball loads. But then they moved uh, Ramos to 10, and he just sort of kind of thought, why have they done that? And they've probably done it because they want Ramos in the team, because he's playing so well. And, and, they, and they also want Medard in the team as a fullback, and you can't leave out either of the wingers. So I, I kind of get it in a sense, but they've just tried to accommodate their best back line, whereas I don't actually think... You know, I think Zach Holmes has actually been better. At, he's been good enough at 10 to keep his spot. So I, I personally, you know, it's easy to say now, but I'd have had a straight shootout at fullback between Ramos and Medard. Um, How would you have a straight shootout? Uh, pistols. Just bomb, pistols them. At, bomb them until they drop one. Pistols at lunchtime. Pistols, AMED. Um Do you know what Leinster do really well? Everything. But their width, they play with such width. There's always someone in the wide channels. Um and it just causes teams to overchase, and that's what opens up holes. But they use a crossfield kick a lot. We saw that for Conan's first try. Uh, it was a crossfield kick. Adam Byrne, who has been wonderful for Leinster. I mean, Ireland at the moment have got so many good wingers. You've got Conway, and Byrne is on fire for Leinster at the moment. There's there's wingers everywhere. Stockdale is unreal. Mm. Um, but Conan scores, doesn't he, get straight off. And then... You have another crossfield kick, and it was perfect because what you want for a crossfield kick is you want you don't want a winger really to have time to sort of set himself defensively now, a defensive winger to set himself to compete. Mm. The crossfield kick for um, Carney's try for Dave Carney's try goes straight over the top of Entomac, who's 
playing 12, but finds himself on the wing. So therefore, he can't compete in the air, can't get off the ground, doesn't even know where the ball is. You can't see the ball because it's coming over your head and you're chasing the corner. And it was just a perfect kick. Yeah, it's beautiful. I like Carney's footwork when he lands as well. He's clever. But also, but Toulouse there, I've got numbers. So he just, I think Endermatt just gets himself positionally out of position because mm. he's, you know, when, when you see a play on the touchline, you know something's coming. You know you have to be mm. way over the kick. So he's way too tight defensively. Mm. You know, needs to give himself a bit of room, needs to get himself a little bit wider. So if the kick does happen, he can take his time, he can give himself a little bit of a run up and he can get off the ground and he can see the kick coming, but he, he can't because he's defensively tight and ends up having to chase it over his shoulder. Yep. And a wonderful ball by Gibson Park for Burn try as well. Yeah, wasn't it? Quick tap. It made a difference actually, it looked really good when he came on. Important that, bonus point try. Yeah, but a good game, ultimately. Enjoyed that. Uh, you were also watching Olsen, Olsen. Olsen. That's what I call it, Olsen v. Rassen. Olsen. Yeah. What's the final score in that? Um, You know what the final score is. Yeah, man. I know what the final score Um, 26-22. Yeah, it was a cracking game, that. Cause for a while, it looked like it might not be a cracking game, but just Stockdale again. I mean, he, he's the main event, really, with Ulster at the moment. And Billy Burns, I think, looks really good there, and I'm really glad they've invested in him because I think it looks like it's paying off, but... And given him the given him the jersey, I think he's done well with it. But he's um, he's not the main guy because Stockdale's the main guy, and it's funny because he Stockdale, he's a big unit and he's genuinely quick. He breaks that first tackle down the left, and you think as soon as he breaks that tackle, you're thinking chips coming. You see three racing defenders are in exactly the right place, and as soon as he chipped it, it's landing effectively amongst three defenders, and he's on his own. And I remember as soon as he chipped it. I said he'll get the bounce, he will get it. And it just bounced into his hands. And you think Heard you. He's just got he's just got do you call it the Midas touch? I think you do, don't you? The Midas touch at the moment. Everything Gold he does. Finger. Everything he does is perfect. Everything he does is I mean, you you say that. The first chip he tried against the All Blacks didn't work. And the second one did, but it so but he is just a, a try scoring machine at this stage. Balakoon on the other wing, who's had a very good season, got Yellow carded for taking someone out in the air a few weeks ago. Probably should have been red, actually. But also score first. Just real simple. I've not seen a try like this for a long time. It is just off a line out, hit up, and then hands. Yeah. And all Rassen just get a little bit too tight. Um, man for man, they're fine. But they just end up watching the ball a little bit. But it's just good pace. And it's really slick, precise passing. That yeah. doesn't check in one. And it's pace as well. Yeah. Um, I did like McCluskey as well. For Stockdale's first try, mm. he saw sort of two sides to McCluskey. He's really good at taking the ball up and powering himself over the gain line. Does that? There's another carry then, but then, you know, it's the the little ball playing part of his game that we don't see too often because they use him as a battering ram. But he takes the ball really flat, pulls the ball right back. Everyone's been drawn in by him, and that creates the the hole really for Stockdale's first try. Yeah, yeah. So more strings to the bow. Vakatawa. More strings to the Tommy Bow. Vakatawa, yeah. Individual I mean, strength. It's just three tackles broken. That forward pass in was forward as well. It the, was forward, but, but it didn't to be it didn't have to be forward. No, though. it didn't, no. He just, it just that would, essentially would have won the game for him. But what a just what a specimen he is. I mean, just so when he's got a you know, half a half a yard of space, he's just such a nightmare to defend because he's got footwork, real acceleration, top end speed, size, power, skill. Just outrageous. I think there needs to be a little bit of time to appreciate Finn Russell's pass for Clement Jack's try. 
Yeah, what a pass. I mean, yeah, oh, you yeah, can't yeah. really, not often, pass like that come off because it was so flat. And when you throw long, flat passes like that, normally, a lot of the time, it's either man and ball or intercept. Yeah. But you really have to fizz that fast. What and that pass. is a power pass. Yeah. You know, you can't just float that ball. Otherwise, it'll just be plucked. But love watching that. Love watching him play at Racing. I think he's doing an unbelievable job. I think he's improving Yeah, all the time. He's He's definitely... I think that's a great move for him. Mm. And, uh, you know, you hope that Scotland will reap the benefits of that as well. Yep. Yep, it looks great. And um, Leone, oh, I'm going to say it wrong now. Second row, offloads, Nakaroa. Yeah. Yowzers. What a player. I mean, three in a row didn't go to, didn't work. Dropped the ball three three carries in a row, didn't he? But what a player. Just talking about offloads. Yeah. Bill Matter. Oh, it's the best. Oli Devoto's offload, by the way, was great. Yeah, okay, that's right up there as well. But Mata, is just, his is better. It's, mate, it's over the head, left hand, backhand. <laughs> it's, it's a ridiculous, it's a great support line, as Brian Habana said on Twitter, which it is. But he's still got to get the ball there. I mean, that's a joke. That's an absolute joke of an offload. Amazing, just amazing. I loved watching that. And then I, I, I was trying to, th- someone said, I, I said, I'm telling you, I'm struggling to think of a better offload than that. Right now, oh, there'd be a few. Quade Cooper must be up there. Someone, sh- someone sent me that one that I've seen before, and they may have a point where, in Super Rugby, the guy gets tackled and he just looks up behind him and he basically throws a reverse. He's on his left side and he's basically sitting on the floor as he skids along getting tackled, and he throws a right-handed reverse spin pass, about a ten-yard pass, which goes straight to hand off the floor. Yeah, amazing. After he's been tackled, which leads to a try. That that's better, to be fair. But Toulon were in a great position then when that ball's turned over. You know, they were right on the front foot. Edinburgh under a lot of pressure. And then all of a sudden, this try comes. It was a lovely support line, wasn't it, Johnston, for sure. Um, I think Graham has been playing really well on the wing for Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, really powerful a, guy. Scored really a couple powerful. of tries last week. Yeah, he did. I mean, he bulldozed over for his try, didn't he? Yeah, he's a powerful. He's really aggressive. As Straight well, over the top of Smiley. Yeah. That's how you say it. Smiley. Wasn't, he wasn't smiling much, was he? Smiling much then, was he? No. Um, Bath beat Wasps, 18-16. Don't matter. No, nothing too much on that. Saw a little bit of the Scarlets beat Leicester, but you've got two teams that aren't really going to qualify there. Um, I have been, just going back to um, Edinburgh, I've been really impressed with them over Mm -hmm. this period. I mean, it took them, I think, November, really. They had a slow start to the season. They found a bit of form in their Champions Cup. They brought that back into the Pro 14. They beat Glasgow twice. They've had a really good sort of two months. And now beating Toulon away as well. Mm. Put themselves right in position. Uh, you were at Exeter? Yes, I was. Jack Knowles' shorts I was, are I mentioned incredibly this to Alex Cuthbert. tight. Are they hot pants? I said to Alex Cuthbert, does he just wear the smallest shorts he possibly can? He goes, yeah, but he's got the legs for it. He does have the legs for it. By the way, I've never met Alex Cuthbert before, and I really liked him. Well, what do you expect? Most rugby players are good lads, aren't they? Yeah. He was a really nice guy. Um, big unit, mind. Massive. Whew. Powerful um, and strong. I actually lo- I love the fact that he was having a horrible time, because he was in horrible form. There's no two ways about that. He wasn't playing well. Then everyone, everyone, I mean, Wales is a tiny little place when you're a rugby player, I expect, and everyone is observing that and writing consistently he's not playing well. And he goes to Exeter, and I know he's got a knock at the moment, but he's back next week, I think. But 
he has consistently played well and improved for Chiefs. And I think it says a lot about Chiefs. It also says a lot about him. And from what he told me at the weekend, we were pundits together on BT, and he said he absolutely loves it there. He absolutely loves it. But it wasn't an ability issue with him. It was just a bit of confidence. You know, he probably wasn't at the best club either at the time at the Cardiff Blues. You know, things weren't going right, uh, that well for them. Mm. Um, you know, it wasn't as if he was in a team that was performing unbelievably well. He wasn't getting that much ball. Um, at Exeter, he's going to get a lot of ball because of the way they play and how well they keep the ball. So he he also he also to his credit, yes, he's going to get better ball at Chiefs. But to his credit, when he's been playing, he's really been going looking for it. So you, I mean, you would know what it's like if you're near a breakdown and you're a front five forward. The the blokes you do not want coming on, you know, getting hold of that ball off nine or pick and go. Yeah. Jack Noel caused carnage against Cass yesterday near the breakdown. Cuthbert's a nightmare because he's got a bit of footwork, he's quick and he's big and he's got explosive power and he's not that tired because he's on the wing. So actually there are times when you would rather tackle, you'd, you'd rather tackle Mitch Lees, who's a giant, yeah. or Johnny Hill, who played really well. You'd rather tackle them than Alex Cuthbert. But Cuthbert, you know, he won't do like a stuttering step. He won't be left, right, left, right, and then go possibly like Jack Noel, he will just do one step bang, bang and then use that six and a half stone strength. And the rest. To go through. And the rest. Big boy. Uh, the weather conditions in Glasgow were horrendous. Yeah, I was driving at that point. Are driving, they... Not driving rain, like at Glasgow, driving a car. Okay. A vehicle. A four by four. Um, it was unreal. Was it? How windy it was. It sort of ruined the game a little bit, but... It's not, mm. There's not many stadiums now, top flight rugby, where you have to deal with conditions like wind because of because stadiums are often surrounded by the stand. You know, wind really can't get in there, especially top level internationally. Yeah. Um, but huge amount of wind there. It's good, it's good when you've got to deal with a bit of that stuff. That's why I, I, I do wonder if at some point plastic pitches might be, um, I don't know, outlawed because studies are going to start arriving saying you get injured more in it. Don't know. But that's not the point. The point is, it, it what it does is it removes nuance. So when you used to go to Newcastle, it was hard to win there because they had some good players, but also because it was like Johnny Wilkinson just knew exactly where to put you the whole time, knew yeah. what parts of the pitch are hard to get out of. And I know the pitches are getting better and better anyway, the real ones. But I just think it removes that little bit of... Yeah, I mean, there's nothing There's nothing that Owen Farrell can learn about Allianz Park's pitch. No. You know, there's no, there's no advantage he can have. And I quite like... You might literally call it pun intended, a level more level playing field, which it is. But I quite like that. I quite so like that's just David moving around. Home advantage. Sorry, uh, Lansdowne Road was probably the last stadium I played at internationally where there was a huge amount of wind. Now it's, really, just, yeah. it's just all covered. Um, Saracens, Leon, um, Mako, Vinopola, ball player. Yeah. Puts Tompkins through, who's been looking really sharp. Then puts Ray through on the inside, but. For the first try, Berger upends one of the Leon players and four officials missed it. Right in front of the ref. Yeah. You know, ref's not going to pick up everything. Linesman would have seen that, probably on both sides. Yeah. Fourth official, there was no check, 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 check. That's what you hear, isn't it? Yeah, nothing. And it was a, an appalling clean out. Potentially red card. Lands on his head. Leg is lifted above horizontal. Yeah, but it's only red card if you get caught. Joking, I'm joking. No, no that's, that's deliberate. No, you're true. Deliberate. You're true. Um, but Saracen's always going to put Leon away, really, because Leon had nothing to play for, and Sarri's a top of the range, and Itoji back, Billy Vinopola back, Tomkins. 
I really like Tomkins at 13. I wonder if he's... Is he going to be the guy, Tommy, who takes on the 13 jersey and make Marcello Bosch's jersey and makes it his for the next eight years, like, you know, like Brad Barrett has with the 12 jersey? Or is he the sort of player... Is he a modern-day Kevin Sorrell who absolutely will be there doing a job for years, but there's always a chance they might sign a superstar over him? I would probably go with the latter. We've not seen probably enough of him to really warrant an opinion on that. Um, I quite like Zalski. I think his all-round game yeah. is probably a little bit more than Tompkins at the moment. That's not to say it couldn't happen. So with, everyone... with Barrett back, you might see Lozowski at 13. Yes. And they've got Elliot Daly coming. Yes. Um, but... Everyone seems to be talking about Alex Goode. Yeah. Footwork, creativity for the Spencer try. But, yeah, but it's like, what, what, does it matter what he does? Because will England pick him? What Someone said on Twitter yesterday, they cannot see England going to the World Cup without him. It's like, what has suggested in the, over the last two seasons that he's going to be selected for England at any point? But he's always been that good. Yeah. I think he's getting better, actually. I think he's even better than he was and he was brilliant before. He's not going to get picked. So... It's not like, it. I'm not saying him get over it. I'm sure he hates it and he's you dealing are. with it himself. But um, I think it's crazy to think that, you know, he's going to go to the World Cup because he's not. No. He's well, not. you don't know. But I'd love to be wrong, but I don't, I don't think I will be. So if we look at the group now, uh, we look at the groups, um, there's, it seems pretty clear, you know, Munster, Exeter, that's going to be a huge game. It is, but I, it is, but I just... I'm going over there actually for that, and I and I don't, I don't see. I only I only see one result there. Munster. Yeah, I mean I'd love Chiefs to win, but I, I'm not. I'm lucky they're not. You know, there's I'm, too I'm much y- emotional energy from Munster when they play at home. I it's, it's hard. I it's hard they're. to combat that. I think they're too good actually. Um, the main thing. I just don't. I just don't see any other result there. Saracens, Glasgow. Can't see too much of an upset there at Saracens as no. well. Um, Rassin. Rassin got the Scarlet, Scarlet's are out, so they're going to put game field over. a weakened team, so Rassin are going to go through. Edinburgh-Montpellier Friday night, I think, is going to be a really good game. Um, Edinburgh could do a job there. I think technically they're, they're excellent. I think people will talk a lot about Richard Cockrell's influence there, but I think at the set piece, they look technically superior um, since he arrived, and superior, you know, ad- more advanced from where they were, superior to where they were, rather, and I think that Montpellier are a big, powerful team full of talent, but they're not actually technically brilliant. I think there are a load of big lumps yeah. who get the job done through effort and talent and bulk. And I think that doesn't always work, especially at awkward venues at awkward times like a Friday night in Edinburgh. So I, I back Edinburgh for You've that. You've got one. Toulouse and Bath. Toulouse going to win that. I'm pretty sure of that. You've got Leinster v Ulster. So I think Len- Leinster and Stad. Uh, Toulouse will both qualify, but it'd be strange to see Leinster not topping the group when they qualify. Yeah, it's good though because yeah, is good. I want to see them play somewhere awkward away from home and win because like we, I, I think you. I think they're the best team in Europe. But I, I think everyone does. But I, I want them to go somewhere horrible and have to win. And you know, I I thought just for from a new, I'm sure they don't, but from a neutral punter's point of view, I want to see if they're going to win it, which I think they may well. I want to see them properly tested. Yes. Not cruising through, playing home, you know, home neutral, neutral home games. Five minutes. So Leinster are going to be one of the uh, second teams to qualify in their group. We believe who's going to be the second. Uh, where are we? Um, you've got Glasgow. You've got Ulster on high points. Montpellier. 
So it looks like Edinburgh and Montpellier. It looks like Montpellier could come through as a runner-up. Possibly. Possibly. It looks like Ulster. But Edinburgh have got to, uh, Montpellier got to do a job on Edinburgh in Edinburgh on Friday. So Glasgow got to get something at Saris, but Ulster, yep. are, Ulster are playing Scarlets. Ulster are playing uh, Leinster. Uh, it's Leicester, sorry. Leicester and Leicester. Is that at Ulster? Where is it? It's Leicester. Is it Leicester? Yeah. Mm, it's toughy. So you've got Wasp Le- Leinster then. So Wasps. So they've got all, all to play for. Unfortunately, probably oh, won't great, win that. Yeah, no, it is very interesting. I love so, it. It's, um, good, it's great how it goes down to the wire. I mean, whatever you think of it, we, we don't know yet. So it's great. We love it. We love rugby. He loves it. Saracens are done now, aren't they? They're qualified. Yeah, they're through. Trying to be 18 points. Decent. And they got Marrow and Billy back, so night night. Yeah, exactly. And Mako, he's the second best fly off in the team. <laughs> Mate, he's so good as a prop, you know. And you, we've said so many times how good it is to have a a ball playing prop. He melts people in the tackle. Yeah, he's the man. One man of the match. He's the boy. Anyway, okay, peeps. Um, that is episode eighteen done and dusted. By the way, um, remember you might remember Andrew Dunn, a little dunner. Played for Leinster, fly half, came to Bath for a year. Yeah, I talked about him last week. Oh, did I? Yeah, so he, we used to discuss, we might have done this before on the pod, our potential, what would the book of our life, our autobiographies be used called? used to call you Clive Woodward, because you colour up. That's it. Yeah. But we used to, what would our autobiographies called if we were ever famous enough to have one? And his was done and dusted, which what? I thought was great, and I thought of it, that's why I thought What would great. yours be? I think mine was flat out in neutral. Yeah. Yours would be? Shanks of the Memories. right see you later guys even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 